Welcome to the Dog Nerd Show, where we geek out over our best friends. I'm Megan. And I'm Michael, and this is a show about all things dog. Hey, everybody. We've got an important show for you today. It is summertime, and it is hot here in Georgia. So we want to talk to you guys about how to avoid getting your dog overheated in the summer months. Because I think a lot of times we want to take our dogs everywhere and do all sorts of things with them because the weather is pretty, but it's hot. So there's a lot of considerations that we all need to think about. Yeah, heat stroke's a very serious issue with dogs. And uh, every year we lose a number of dogs to heat stroke. So I think it's very important that we talk about this. And completely avoidable in many situations. So... Thing number one, walk your dog in the cooler hours of the day. Yeah, and those cooler hours are usually early in the morning before the sun's reached its apex. And if you've done yard work or anything like that, you know around noon to 2, 2.30, it is hot in the summertime. And that's anywhere in the United States. Yeah, actually, as a skin cancer survivor myself, I know that 10 and 2 are the times that you don't want to be in the sun because the sun is the hottest. So, um, and if you're in Georgia or, you know, a a warm climate like we are, it's really got to be early morning or late, late into the evening because it stays pretty hot here into the evening. So we're not like Los Angeles here where it gets cool at night. No, it stays pretty warm and humid. So... For us, the early morning hours are the best. Yeah, I would agree. Because another thing, too, is humidity uh, is is an issue. Um, you know, it, it's hot's hot. So I've been in the desert when it's been 120 degrees, and I've been in South Georgia when it's, you know, 95 degrees, but a 1,000% humidity. So, but, but humidity is a big issue because that's how you – as humans, it's harder, how you, it's harder for a dog to cool in correct, the humid air correct. than it is the drier air. So, exactly. um, all right. So number two, check the pavement. This is one that I think a lot of people forget about, but lay the back of your hand down on the pavement and feel what that feels like and hold it there for at least seven seconds. And if it's too warm for you, it's going to be too warm for your dog's feet. Yeah, because that's, that's a very, we think of it as a tough area for dogs. It's actually a very important area for dogs, and there's some sensitive stuff going on there. That's how dogs, it's the only place that they sweat yeah. is on their paws. Yeah. But they have very sensitive pores down there that if they get clogged or are or, or heated up or anything like that, that that's very serious. So, well, it's just, it's, yeah, I think people think, well, my dog has, you know, calloused rough paws if it's an older dog, but it's still not heat proof. Right. So that, that hot pavement can burn your dog's paws. And then that's a, that's an ordeal to try to care for and, 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 you know, help them recover from. So again, that's why you want to get out in the early parts of the day. If for some reason you can't, or you're taking your dog to an event or something, get little booties. Little, these are only two of the four, but these are cloth on the front. They're hard rubber on the bottom, and they'll go on your dog's paws. So they will have to get used to walking in them. But if you absolutely positively have to be out and it's hot, 
you know, you're, if you're not out there barefoot because it's too hot, your dog shouldn't be either. So he's gonna he or she's gonna need some shoes. Yeah, I think we, I think we've all walked across concrete or asphalt <laughs> yeah. as kids and go, and you and you did that that tippy toe hot hot tin roofs, <laughs> you know, dance. But uh, you know, your dogs your dogs' feet are are very important. So yes, yeah, yes. So number three. Always, always, always carry a water bottle for your dog and for yourself. Yep. So, you know, obviously you want to keep yourself hydrated, but you want to keep your best friend hydrated too. And this, y'all, you're going to laugh when you see, this is so old. We got this 17 years ago. Yep. Maybe a little later than that because it was referred to by um, a Bernie's Mountain Dog parent that I met. But this is called a gulpy. And so, you know, forgive us for the fact that it's beat up and scuffed up. It's got but some mileage on it, guys. It has a lot of mileage on it. So it's like um, a little bottle with a trough. So this, um, whoops, I just spilled it everywhere. <laughs> so the, um, the, the trough part comes off. And so you've got to, you can fill up the water and then you basically, it'll start, as you can see, start coming out on its own, the water will, but you can squeeze it to fill the trough up more. And then your dog just drinks from the trough. So there's lots of other products like this. There, you know, different designs. Um, you can just get a, a collapsible bowl and yep. keep it in your car as long as you have access to a clean, fresh water. So um, definitely have something that your dog can drink clean water from. Oh yeah, that's extremely important. And for you too. So if you're out walking your dog, yep. And it's warm or it's going to get warm, you know, you need to be hydrated too cuz you're no good to your dog if you're, you know, Passing having out. having heat strokes. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um okay. So what number was that? No, that was That was that was 3. So that was 3. We're on number 4, which is actually okay, here. Don't overexert your dog or don't let your dog overexert themselves. So we get it. You know, our terriers, when they were young, they would go full force no matter what. They don't always realize it's, you know, 92 degrees with 100% humidity and I'm going to be feeling it really soon. So be your dog's parent. Make sure that they understand they can't overexert themselves in the hot hours. So if they want to run and play and chase the ball, do it in those morning hours right. or in the evening hours, but not during the heat of day. And I know I'm dominating this conversation here, but I have a little pet peeve with this one because I see way too many people jogging with their dogs at noon, 11 o'clock. And that poor dog's got its tongue hanging all the way out the side of its mouth. And it's keeping up with its owner because it's what it does. But the dog's probably going to get overheated yeah it's and i get it some people like to go out and they they love the heat they love the to get a good sweat going you know to, to run or, or or walk in the heat of the day that's fine go, you go ahead and do that because you have enough sense to know well well hopefully you do to, <laughs> to know i need to stop or i need to hydrate or your dog doesn't know that so it's relying on you to do that and your dog can't tell you, hey, buddy, I don't feel so good. Can we stop? Your dog will give you some signs that we'll talk about later toward the end of this video, but they're not going to be able to express that to you. And like Michael said earlier, because 
dogs only sweat through their paws and it's not a lot, they can't cool themselves like we can with our sweat, right? Mm-hmm. So they, it's a different physiology altogether. Not only that, note, and we've talked about this and we've mentioned it when we've done our breed videos, certain breeds just do not do well in heat. Yeah. So you need to know your breed too. Uh, and if, and if you have, you know, a, a mixed breed dog, you need to know, you need to know that as well and know the signs, which we'll get to here in a minute. But some, some breeds, for instance, our breed, the border terrier is not really a summer dog. They don't tolerate the heat because they're bred in the English Scottish border. And we can say firsthand of going to Scotland in August and thinking we had the appropriate clothing, we had to go buy <laughs> warm, you know, like sweaters and, right. you know, stuff to keep us warm because it was very, very cool there. Right. So these dogs are, you know, that, that like Michael said, know their history, know their breed. Any of the smushed face breeds, which yeah. I always pronounce this wrong, you guys know, brachiophallic, brachia, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? The pugs. Um, uh, English bulldogs. Yes. Anything that's got a smushed in knows they have an even harder time cooling themselves so yeah you parents really need to make note of this for sure yeah so um all right so that was number four number five i didn't i didn't mark it but see that's what it is number five is uh, come on people yeah, this is a no-brainer or it should be a no it should be a no-brainer this is do not leave your dog in a car Period. Yeah. That's it. Like, don't leave your dog in a car because the car gets hot. The dog can't cool itself. It's already got a fur coat on. So it's sitting in your car in a fur coat while you're in Target running a quick errand that in, in, in 10 minutes your dog could be in heat stroke, maybe even less depending on where you live. It doesn't take long. And and, and we're going to do a video. We may link it here, uh, what we're going to call a short video that where we're going to actually demonstrate that, but it doesn't take long Mm -mm. and it doesn't have to be extremely hot. And you cracking your windows, even if they're, they're like, you know, a foot and a half open, that's not giving your dog cool air and it's not going to keep your dog cool. And I have seen people who have done this where they leave their dog in the car and all the windows are down. Well, how do you know someone's not just going to come steal your dog? Or your dog's going to jump, jump out. out. Or, and it, it's just not It's not a good idea. Every year we hear about dogs dying in hot cars. Unfortunately, every year we hear about children dying yeah. in hot cars. Yep. It's a serious issue. If people are dying, if dogs are dying, uh, it should be a great indicator of, I shouldn't do this. So if you're running an errand and you can't take your dog with you into that errand. uh, Leave them home. Leave them home. They would much rather be sleeping in the air conditioning than tagging along with you while you go run your errands. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And you know what? Don't put a bystander in the position of having to know what to do. I've been in that position where I've had to go to the store, the grocery store, and say, this car is outside and it has a dog in it and it looks like it's in distress. If you don't if you don't find the person, then we're calling the police and we may have to break open the window. Just so just so you know, um, there are certain municipalities and I know for instance one one here in Georgia, uh, I have 
experience with this um, because I knew the person that was involved in it. They did the run in for a quick errand, and and the a police officer saw this dog broke the window, and then when the person came out actually charged that person with animal cruelty. So some municipalities take it very, very seriously. And we wish they all did because I, I think in Florida, I, I could be wrong, so comment if I am. First, first of all, if you're doing this in Florida, I mean, you don't need a dog. <laughs> it's I, I, think in, I think in Florida, it's legal to actually break the window if you see um, a child or a dog in distress in a vehicle. But don't put somebody else in that position to have to, you know, have that on their conscience. If you left your dog in the car and they're trying to figure out what to do, can I save this dog, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, just your dog really doesn't want to come with you. I mean, I promise you, even if your dog loves you a whole lot, if you love your dog as much as they love you, you'll just leave them home if you can't bring them inside. Correct, so, yeah. All right, so now we're on to number five. Okay, number right? five. Well, that was number five. Did, no, oh, yeah, that was number five. So we're, we're now number, number six. Number six. I, I, miss, I <laughs> forgot to label. Um, Do you want to take this one? Sure, so don't shave your double-coated dogs. Yeah, so a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, my husky really, you know, my, I've got a husky, I live in Georgia, I'm just going to shave it. That is really doing worse for your dog. And the reason why is because the top coat, which you're shaving, is actually the coat that keeps the airflow mm -hmm. happening. It's that undercoat that keeps them warmer. So you just want to make sure that if you have a double-coated dog, that you are um, using a slicker brush or a ferminator, something to get that undercoat out. Now, I will caveat this with saying we have border terriers and Finley need uh, border terriers are hand stripped. So like a, a husky, you don't cut their coat, right? You just brush them. You, right. you, know, you blow out the, the coat or whatever, or you, or you get their undercoat out. But terriers, they aren't clippered with, you know, um, you know, clip grooming clippers, they right. they actually, the coat is stripped. So it's the dead coat is pulled out. And when some dogs just don't tolerate it or some, as they age, they don't tolerate it. Right. So a lot of people do have to turn to clipping their dog at that point. Just know that when you're doing that, it's no longer um, weather resistant. It's no longer got the heating and cooling effects of that top coat like it did before so just i will say because we do clipper finley and i don't want anyone to you know say you're you're telling us you know do as i say not as i do right so there there's exceptions to all rules right and that's one exception but in general you want to you want to brush out or blow out the the undercoat because that's what causes the, the heat that's what traps that heat in it's the top coat actually helps, mm -hmm. you know. It helps the airflow to keep them cool. Um, so, number seven. Number seven. Okay. I don't like when people have outside dogs because I don't understand it. Your dog wants to live with your pack. So, if, however, you do have an outside dog or your dog spends a lot of time unattended outside, you have got to make sure there is shade for that dog because... We have seen situations here in Georgia where it's an animal cruelty situation where dogs are left with no shelter from the elements. So in the summer, that means no shelter from the sun. And 
my goodness, it gets hot here and the sun just beats down on you. And then in the cooler months, they cooler months, they don't have anything to keep them warm out of the elements or to keep rain off. So look, if you have an outside dog, please consider making it an inside dog. If you're not going to do that, you've got to make sure there's shade and plenty of fresh, clean water. Right. So a little history back when they were building farmhouses, Georgia, Kansas, wherever a farmhouse, it doesn't matter. They used to always leave an opening under the porch. And uh, that's where the dogs would go and live because it was shaded. They could, there the was no grass. Was cool. They could, they could dig and make little nests. But, you know, you probably don't have that, you know, at your modern house. So, you know, put a tent up put some sort of shade up, you know, and even if your dog does, you know, live inside the house, but you work in the farming industry or you work in something where you're outside um, and your dog's with you, make sure, you know, there's a shaded place or a place that dog can go to to get out of the heat and out of the sun. Absolutely. And we'll notice, you know, back when, when, you know, we would walk the dogs longer than we do now, um, even in the morning or evening hours, they would gravitate toward the shade. Again, you know, we were saying border terriers, they, they really don't do great above 85, maybe even 80. Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell they gravitate toward the, the shade on a walk. Or if we're, if we were at an event or something, they the would. The same way we do. Yeah. Same, same way we do. I mean, if you go out and you have the, the option of st- standing in the shade or standing in the sun nine times out of 10, you're going to choose that shade because it's going to be cooler, multiple degrees cooler. Right. So it's the same, same principle. And have you ever noticed that Riley did this a lot? Finley did it too. Um, They would, because like in the mornings there was a lot of dew on the grass, Mm -hmm. they would splay out their bellies in the grass and take a little break on a walk. So um, that's another way they're trying to cool themselves down is by getting that that cool, dewy grass on their bellies. Yeah. So you look for look for the signs. Know your dog. Um, let's talk about signs that your dog may be overheating. So mm-hmm. um, some things to look for. So again, we talked about how dogs do sweat some through their paw pads, but mostly they're cooling themselves through their panting. So right. you may not be able to tell. If it's just regular panting, you know, panting can also be a sign that they're in, in, in pain, you know, maybe they've got a pinch nerve. So Or excited. I mean, it's, yeah. it's how they express themselves. Yeah. So it the panting, though, it's harder to cool themselves when the weather is hot. And then you layer on humidity, then it's even more right. difficult. So um, if you see excessive panting, Um, that's an early warning sign. You know, again, we talked about like the tongue hanging out of the mouth. Um, and if you see that with an abundance of drooling, those could be signs that get your dog in the shade, start cooling them down. Um, if they start getting unstable on their feet or collapse, um, or their gums have a different tint, it could be a bluish purple, a bright red or pale. Those are signs that absolutely your dog is in distress. And then the keeping on that track, disorientation, vomiting, diarrhea, labored breathing, or anxiety, you got to get your dog to the vet. Now, 
You've got to start your cooling measures first, though, and we'll talk about how to cool your dog. Um, I would say if you don't have a thermometer with you, say you're out at a festival or something, you know, you can't take your dog's temperature. But look for those signs, and probably the first thing is is to douse your dog in some water. Get them into, you know, if there's a, a lake or a creek or something, right. get them into. If not, put some water on them. Make sure it's tepid. Yeah, you don't want to go throwing super cold water on on top of them because what it does is it constricts the blood vessels and it can actually make them hotter. Yeah. So you want to, you, what you want to do is you want to just, you know, tap cool lukewarm, water. Lukewarm water. Just yeah. get it on them. If you've got a towel or a blanket, get that wet and you can put that on the dog to help cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be cold water because it's not directly in, on the skin. Right. Um, but start cooling, get the, get the water on the coat and get airflow on them. So if you have a fan, get them in front of a fan. Yep. If you don't, on the way to the vet, wet your dog, roll down all the windows, turn up the AC, get that airflow going so they can start to, to cool down. Um, and of course, you know, shade, shade, make sure they're in the shade. Um, if you can get them inside and get them into air conditioning, that's optimal. That's, you know, get the water on them, get them in the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about, get them in your car, turn your AC up, get them to the vet. It's it's super important because it happens really, really quick, and it can go downhill really, really quick. So yeah, their their internal organs can start to um, shut down. Shut down. Yeah. And, and it's not something that, you know. Usually, you, if it gets to that point, it's really tough to reverse it. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you guys never have to deal with that. Oh, one thing is if you are like at home and you do need to bring their um, temperature down, you can put um, frozen peas or something like that that you've got in the fridge. You know, put a towel in between the frozen pack and their skin, but put it on their groin area, under their armpits, and mm-hmm. on either side of their neck. You can rotate, you know, start one place and then rotate. Um, but just know with that, be mindful, know their temperature because you don't want to reverse it and then get them too cold. So um, hopefully you don't have to do that. You know, um, just know your dog, um, get get them wet. We've had, we've had instances where we're like, man, the dogs look really hot. Let's just, so we just got them wet, you know, got them inside and they cooled down. You know. So with this thing here, you know, what's kind of cool about this, it, it, it's meant for drinking, right? And sometimes Finley in particular will just, eh, I, he's too excited, he doesn't want to drink. We'll, we'll take this thing and tip it over and put it on put it on him. Sprinkle you know, it on sprinkle there. Sprinkle the for water him. on him. And that, that tends to help. And he, he, he receives that really well yeah that was that was back when he was a spry young fella and he would just be so excited about a hike and wouldn't want to drink so we would just sprinkle him with water to make sure that he was and and, you know something else that I saw in our research is sometimes they don't drink because they're trying so hard to cool themselves through panting that Mm -hmm. you 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 may not really want to force them to drink because they may just be trying to cool themselves so sprinkling them with the water is an option but um We really hope this is valuable information for you guys. Please share this with your fellow dog lovers and dog parents because we don't want anyone to have to lose their dog through um, through heat stroke. It's it happens fast, like Michael said, and it's just not a good thing. So 
We hope this helped. Please let us know in the comments you know, if you've ever gone through this yourselves. Let us know if you have any other tips that maybe we didn't share. Please, please let us know. Because I, I did hear, I heard, I think I had a, a dog person years ago tell me you could take rubbing alcohol and put it on their belly, you know, where their skin is exposed because the cooling effects of rubbing alcohol. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But I, I, I know when I was a kid and you had a fever, they would, you know, if you went to school nurse, you would put rubbing alcohol oh. on you. So, I, so maybe it is a thing that you could do. I, well, yeah. So, and I know we're wrapping up, but it's probably is because when I was, when I lived out in California, we were working on a TV show and they, it was out in the desert and they, they have to have medics on site and they had a cooler full of towels and in the, in the cooler was a uh, mouthwash ice and ice water hmm. and i said why mouthwash and she said well it's the alcohol in it it actually cools your body down so there's probably some validity yeah, to that to the I, rubbing alcohol look that up though don't because we haven't researched that fully i don't know if but if it makes sense you know yeah if, and as always, we're not vets, so yeah, yeah, exactly. please so. check with your vet. And if your dog is ever in any distress of any kind, get to the vet. Yeah. Don't wait. You know, we've given you some tips that you can do as you're getting your dog to the vet, but don't wait. Get there. Get a professional to see them. And um, But hopefully you won't have to deal with this in the first place. All right, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for watching. We love hearing from you. Um, we would like to even have some of our viewers on the show. So even if we've already talked about the breed of dog that you have, or maybe you have a mixed breed, we want to talk about you and your dog and uh, give that opportunity to our viewers. So shoot us a, uh, an email at dognerdshow at gmail.com. You can follow us everywhere on social media at dognerdshow. And uh, you want them to subscribe to the channel, maybe? I would love a subscription from you. And I also would love if you ring that notification bell. And, hey, give us a thumbs up. If you really like the content, we'd love to see those thumbs up. Um, yeah, folks, we really, really appreciate it. We do this for you guys. And, and thank you for all your, your lovely comments and, and encouragement. And we look forward to uh, speaking to you hopefully in the near future. And we look forward to these episodes every time we do one. So yep. until next time, guys. Bye. bye.